Tis the season to rip off retailers? Hello, I'm Richard Pye, and this is Legally Speaking. On this edition of the Utah Attorney General's Office official podcast, I'm speaking with Detective Steve Jensen, special agent with the Case Strike Force with the AG's office. That's Crimes Against Statewide Economy. In late November and early December, Case and a team of law enforcement officers arrested more than two dozen people ripping off merchandise from retailers. Steve, thanks for joining us to tell us more about Operation Holiday Steel. Thanks, Rich. Good to be here. Yeah. So you were just, uh, while we were preparing for this podcast, you were just talking to one of your coworkers about another theft ring that was happening uh, in Ogden. How common is retail theft right now in yeah. general in Utah? Retail theft's real common right now. I've got a couple cases going. I mean, we can't keep up because the cases blow up. Um, we don't stop just at the bottom. We try to climb that chain. And these cases can take upwards of three to four months if you're clipping along the right uh, pace. So with that being said, we've got a lot of cases and a lot of work going on right now. Okay, let's talk about Holiday Steel, this operation. What, did you, what were the results? I feel like we had pretty good results. The reason why we had good results is because we had a lot of participation with our retail partners, with law enforcement partners, which was a big one for us on this go-around. On top of that, we made a lot of arrests and highlighted just in a matter of hours on those days just how much retail theft takes place right before our eyes each day. You reported 28 arrests. That sounds like a lot. It is a lot. And there's a lot of different circumstances to each of those arrests, but you're right, 28's a lot of arrests, and that's just what we know of, what we're watching for those particular days. So in spite of the name, this wasn't necessarily a Christmas shopping kind of situation. This was more business as usual for these people, right? Yeah, this is business as usual. They use this time of year to their advantage a little bit more so um, because they can camouflage in more with uh, more shoppers, um, take advantage of uh, less workers and new product coming into the stores. So what you're saying is that um, it goes up because it's busier. Yeah, it goes up because it's busier. You have more product coming in for the retailers. And again, it just makes it a little bit easier, they feel, to blend in. Okay, so what was um, what were the, the agencies involved? You had a lot of cooperation. What were those agencies and how important was that kind of teamwork effort, do you think, and the success of the operation? And just going off the cuff, I could miss a few agencies, but in order to make uh, this successful, you have to have participating agencies here for these types of cases. And so those include Sandy police officers. They came out to help. We had somebody with some equipment that we like to use, some technology from the postal inspector's office. We had a big one for us was adult probation and parole because what we found, Rich, on a lot of these, the offenders many times are on probation or parole. We had Homeland Security with us. Uh, what we found on these as well is many times we have traveling crews that come in. They could be um, from South America. They could be from Romania. Uh, we want to have them check to make sure uh, everything checks out. And so we run into those issues before. They were there. Uh, we had, we've had a company, a local technology company, dedicating some equipment to us, uh, LiveView Technology. They were great having on board, uh, along with your local participating or host agencies. So Taylorsville City, Cottonwood Heights, and Salt Lake City Police Department. And finally, I know we had Park City come down as well uh, to offer support. That's a lot. So uh, without 
compromising your um, your methods. What are the uh, what's the main operating technique that these thieves use? Like, what do they usually do? Do they do they work in teams? Do they just walk in and stuff stuff in their pockets? Or what's the what's the usual modus operandi? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of different methods they use. Um, some of the ones that stick out, and retailers are watching for these things. You know, you have people that go in there and, and quickly select items. That means they won't check size. Um, they kind of start loading things in a cart while they're looking around, and then they'll stage those things in a corner of a store and wait. And if they feel it's safe, they may try to remove those items after it's been staged. If not, they could have somebody outside they're working with or in the store. A lot of times they'll connect with eye movements. The other individual will then move towards those items that were staged because they think maybe only the first person was being watched. And then they'll make the move. They'll pick that stuff up and leave with it. Just Do they just put it in the shopping cart and walk out with it? They, yeah, they could have put it in a shopping cart. We've seen them just put it right in each arm and walk off with it, you know, thinking they can make a quick beeline to the staged items being undetected, and they'll walk right out the door with it. Uh, we've seen uh, people just make a quick move to enter the doors, grab things, walk right out. So you have guys that take their time. You have uh, individuals who don't take their time, and, and these things can unfold 20, 30 minutes later while we're waiting outside for this thing to all happen, and they feel it's safe. And finally, you know, you could have somebody in a parking lot uh, trying to monitor that parking lot to see if they're being watched by police. And while we're watching them the whole time, they have no idea. What's the dollar value that they usually get away with? Well, that's right now we see a lot of lower dollar. Well, your local um, organized crime rings or your local boosters, they like to stay low because they can bounce. They're, they're gaming the system right now. They can get a low amount and bounce to another city or another jurisdiction. If they get caught, they're going to get a ticket. Not a big deal for them. Um, so the, the consequences right now for this um, is something that really sticks out to this to us. Now, your traveling individuals, a lot of times they go a little bit higher on the value, so that helps us out because the value stays high. But they move quickly, and they move from out of state. Um, we get them, uh, we put them, they get locked up for a couple hours, and they're gone. So there's some real ways that they're gaming the system right now. It makes it a little bit difficult for law enforcement. So how much of this would you say is organized? In other words, people, uh, a ringleader kind of ordering these ground people to go out and do their bidding, and how much of it is just like average people just saying, oh, I just don't feel like paying for this today? Well, I think the average people that just don't feel like say, uh, paying for it today, I, my opinion and my experience doing this for all these years is that number is a lot lower than the individuals who are your repeat offenders. We have a lot of individuals that have addiction. And in order to feed that addiction, in order to pay for that addiction, they've got to have something in trade. And so electronics or hot item clothing gear, or hot item, whatever the item might be, holds some type of value. And so if they can get that and find somebody to trade, it's a good trade for them. It's a good trade for the drug dealer. It's a good trade for the booster, somebody who picks up the stuff. So that's one way. Also, you have your local organizations here, um, and we do have a decent amount where they say, we want, you know, 20 Nikes. And so they'll give somebody a list, have them go out and get that. But, so I would say uh, the two big things are repeat offenders and organized crime. And 
It could be your organized crime here locally, but also we're starting to see it come out of California now. And we know what it's like at the high levels in California, uh, but we are st starting to see those trends uh, come here as far as boosters go. So this time you had uh, APNP, which is parole officers involved in the in the operation. Um, some of these people are repeat offenders and in fact were on parole. That was kind of a unique aspect of this. It, it was a kind of a unique aspect, would you say, that APNP was involved in an operation like this? Yeah, I mean, APNP is always willing to help, but I think this is the first time they've been involved in this type of operation. Uh, from my hearing, there, there was positive feedback about that. A lot of positive feedback, but because what we were seeing as we've done a couple of these is that a lot of the offenders being arrested have a long rap sheet or are currently on probation or parole, so they're well known. Now, with that being said, that's an easy crime for somebody on probation or parole to, to do um, this type of stuff, to take some things out of a store. It's, it's easy for them. It's low-key, and they're in and out quickly. But now once we incorporate them into this system, we now have another component built in that, that gives us some leverage. So obviously a key component of this is cooperation from the retailers themselves. Um, are they pretty cooperative, and what do they say about the problem? What, what do they tell you about how bad the problem's gotten and um, emphasizing to you that something needs to be done? Yeah, the retailers are definitely a big component to this. You know, and this whole problem has so many components to it. Um, specifically, the retailers, it starts even with their employees. You know, these guys, the employees go to work every day, and they have to watch this stuff walk right out the door. They're there to earn a paycheck. But just to see this walk out the door, some of them, not all of them, but some of them have been told that's as much action as you take as you're using your eyes, and that's it. So they can't. some of them can't stop people. That's frustrating. Um, so retailer having that cooperation is a big thing. There are still some retailers that want you know, certain thresholds that make it difficult for law enforcement sometimes until they kind of get with the program here. But... Uh, by and large, uh, they're losing a lot of money and a lot of product. So we focused on um, stores like Low or Home Depot, Ross Dress for Less, uh, Target, uh, Home Goods, TJ Maxx. Uh, does this kind of thing happen at more expensive stores like Nordstrom, uh, Kohl's, some of these higher end stores like down at City Creek Mall and? You know, facilities like that, is is it happening everywhere? Yeah, you know, Utah is not immune to this, and neither are its stores. It, it, it happens in the lower tier stores, the ones that are less known. It also happens at the higher ones, so some of the ones that you mentioned. And so, yeah, we, we focus on those as well, and, and we hear from those stores. Um, and we're trying to network with some of the smaller stores and these bigger stores to start talking each month because we, we cut out an hour of time to do that with them. And I'm telling you, it's taken the whole hour to talk about suspects, talk about trends um, every month. So it's it's a busy deal for us. And, you know, this, this stuff manifests itself in different ways all over the country. Um, here in Utah, you know, we're seeing it as well. It manifests itself in different ways. What are the penalties for these people? What, what kind of punishment can, can, can they expect? And do you feel like that's enough? Is that a deterrent? Yeah, I don't know that, well, look, if, if we get a new law in place, um, that's not going to fix this problem all the way around. Uh, this problem is here to stay. It's just like drugs. It's not going anywhere.
but we do need some tools if we can to help suppress this thing. Um, it's, it's just a faucet that's continuing to go right now. It's not turning off. And so at some point, uh, you know, this thing's going to get bad uh, or worse. And so as far as the penalties go, um, yeah, we'd, we'd love to see laws tailored more towards these repeat offenders and this organized crime. The ones we're arresting aren't out still in bread and milk. There needs to be something in place for that. But at the same time, um, these trends have picked up and we're, we're not ahead of the times. You know, we're watching these trends around the country and it's like chess. And we're trying to stay ahead of this. And I can't come out and tell you right now that I feel like we're ahead of this at the moment. Yeah, they, the, the things that they steal are items like cologne and clothing that doesn't even fit them. Well, Shoes, I mean, I guess I don't, sometimes I'm, I'm wondering what the point is. Yeah, they'll still t those types of items, but and you look at the amounts. You look, well, of course, the size, like you mentioned, that's one key indicator, but look at the amounts. It's not going to their bedroom closet. It's got to go for a quick trade, or it's got to go to somebody that can use those items to make a profit. And uh, that's the problem we're really having right now. And so, you know, when law enforcement show up, you know, you look at the amount of paperwork these officers have to do, uh, you know, sometimes they look at that and go, I know he's going to be out of jail in a matter of hours. I'm going to give him a quick ticket and I'm going to get out of here. And everybody goes away. Well, that's incentivizing this problem. Um, and it's not law enforcement's problem necessarily. I think this is a, a whole community problem. It's the retailer's problem, of course. It's uh, the police. It's how we police. It's how we prosecute. And it's the laws that are currently in place. And so we're going to have to uh, have some discussion about that. Because I think, Rich, if this were a retailer problem, this thing would have been fixed by now. So you're saying it's a more holistic problem? I do. I do believe that. There's so many components um, to, this, to this issue, from employee morale to your loss of product to the way you're trying to run a business to um, incentivizing criminals who aren't being arrested right away or the recourse in the justice system itself. There's a lot. It's a lot going on with this problem. So, for yourself, what drives you in this job? You seem really dedicated and energetic about it, but it seems overwhelming. What's your, what, what drives you, what gets, what gets you in here every morning? Well, I feel like we're building on things, and so that drives me. I feel like we're starting to make some progress. Um, being with retailers, you hear this problem, you, you feel for these guys, but you look at the bigger picture, you know, these companies, whether they're big or small in your communities, you know, they generate your tax base. Um, they're such an important feature to a city and they anchor you in. And so to see this slowly deteriorating, I, I see it getting a little bit worse. Um, you see a little bit of violence happening, even here in Utah where it's more physical, but we're starting to see it. And if we don't stay ahead of it, um, Again, it emboldens these guys. And word gets around quick on the streets. Um, they know now they're starting to figure out a little bit that we are doing some of these things. So I feel like we do have a little deterrence. But, you know, sometimes your, uh, what do they say, your your best defense is a, is a good offense. And I feel like that's what we did a little bit this week. And those things kind of drive me to keep going here. So when I was when I was with you last week, one thing kind of stuck out, struck me that type of people that you get, you have the traveling people that appear to be, you know, just trying to make a living. Like, this is the way they've chosen to make a living. They're trying to feed a drug habit, something like that. But then you had a couple of young girls in there that were 
um, what you call skip scanning, they seemed like a little bit apart from the, you know, from the typical people that you were seeing in the rest of the of the Blitz. Am I correct in assuming that, or what's what was their story, and how do they kind of fit in that? Explain that skip scanning also. Yeah, you know, there's a different array of, of criminal activity that's taking place with our retailers. So it's not necessarily just the physical product. You have fraud that takes place. You have skip scanning where people are trying to save money, but they're still dripping, dripping the store off. So with skip scanning, you know, you go in there and, and, and scan. Um, and you'll see articles about self-checkout. Some stores are reevaluating this whole self-checkout deal. And they're saying, you know what, we're losing a lot of money because of skip scanning. So they're thinking about taking this stuff out. Uh, it's convenient for us, but again, this whole problem with organized crime is changing the way you and I shop. These girls probably didn't just start with skip scanning. That's a little bit higher up the chain. And so it's a good starter uh, crime for them to do, but it leads into bigger things. If they get away with it there... They're going to get away with uh, higher price things as well, and they're going to become more emboldened as well. So we try to deal with all of that and not just your organized stuff or your uh, repeat offenders on these on these blitzes. And they happened to, to surface that night, and we dealt with them. Okay. Was there anything about the operation or about uh, or organized retail theft or about retail theft that you'd like to point out before we close? Well, with you know, I, I think I would just go back to um, – understanding that this is indeed a, a problem that we do want to get ahead of. Um, and again, it's not a problem that's going to go away anytime soon. And we want to make sure that all the businesses know that, that we are here to help them. Uh, if they want to reach out, um, more than happy to talk to them and, and set some of these things up. But we also want to invite them to, you know, our, what's called Utorca, which is the Utah organized retail crime uh, meeting that we have each month where we can communicate with them, see what their needs are, see how we can help them out, and also see what trends they're looking at. Because these things are going to affect the way you and I shop. It's going to affect your pocketbook, but it affects the way we shop. Uh, inconvenience you to wait on somebody to go get you some razor blades. Mm -hmm. You know, it affects employee morale, which in turn affect your cities and your tax base and all the things that we, we stand for in this country. So we want to stay on top of it. Right. Okay, well, I feel good that uh, you and the case strike force are on the job and uh, and helping combat the problem. Thanks for joining me today, Steve. Thanks for the support, Rich. Okay, that's it for this edition of Legally Speaking. I'm Richard Pyatt. Talk to you next time.